Can you hear me? See if I can fix the sound. What about now? Can you hear me now? Let's, uh, uh, you can hear me now. Oh, all right, sorry, so I, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's an old man, the old man in the sea. Um, <laughs> I got a wish, but the kid is 10 feet from me, she's sleeping, so I don't want to holler. Um, but, I'm here. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. This is round one, two, seven of the Eugenius Robert G. Soul Stop Show Stomper, and and this is about the mist and and wood. But first, the commercials. Uh, once again, Tommy LB getting himself another care package. Man, that your, your letter came in the nick of time. Thank you, sir. I was actually used it to buy diapers. <laughs> it was it was great. It was great. I had to buy a pack because she goes through like ten a day, and that's on the liberal side. So, um, um, 
but pinko95014 at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal something. And I guess uh, I put in this new system, so there should be the video should be better and the audio should be better. I don't know what happened at the top. Um, and then uh, 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 patreon.com slash stomperville or the stomper. Don't know. Yeah, man. We got we got to talk a little bit about, you know, I picked against Frankie last night on the Care Don't Care preview from the week before, and I hated having to do it, but I felt it was right. And um, though the judges felt differently, I feel differently about the judges. We'll get to that in, in a second. Because I, I, I was there, – there, there are three types of secrets, <laughs> Right. There are three types of secrets. One, I alluded to last week about the October surprise that I can't tell you about yet, but I just want to keep reminding you so that when it happens, where <laughs> there, there you go. I got more. I got others. Um, and, and more so that when it happens, I want you to refer back to this moment. And like, God damn, Eugene did say, so there's an October surprise, which I'm doing a really magnificent job of not talking about. Okay. That's number one. Number two um, it is I, 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 I hate to get into crazy this early on <laughs> in the show, but I, I want you I want you to stick with me for a second. So this guy, this guy's homeless. He's a homeless guy. But unlike unlike uh, homeless guys who like you, you remember that experiment that I told you about in New York City, where all these rich people in the outskirts of the city back in the late 60s, early 70s, were dying, and they were leaving their estates to nobody. So they said, hey, we have a good idea. And I was reminded of this recently where uh, people on the Upper West Side of New York and luxury hotels are complaining because luxury hotels can't get anybody because there are no travelers. But the city, in order to help people with COVID, has said we will pay $175 a night to anybody who's willing to house people who are displaced because of COVID. So these luxury hotels go $175 a night is better than zero a night, right? So they say, well, if you got, if you're part of this program, so what does the city do? The city says, hey, you, everybody who's homeless, go to these luxury hotels. You can stay. So now these luxury hotels are having this problem with, well, they're not having the problem. They're collecting the money. But the local residents who don't live in, who are not itinerant, but who live, who, you know, spend millions of dollars on apartments on the Upper West Side, so yeah, I'm seeing, I'm stepping over poop. I got you know, syringes. I have people having sex in public. Uh, you know, to some people it sounds like a good time, but you know, they're, they're not digging on it, right? They're not digging on it. So, um, <laughs> so, so, uh, okay, this, it's going to be hard for me to keep keep this straight. So they, they say we're going to put these homeless people in these estates that have been abandoned or people have died. This is in the late 60s, in the mid, mid, mid to early 70s. And they did it. Like 100 homeless people put them in these luxurious estates on the outskirts of the city. And, you know, after the first week, you know, there were 100 people, 90 were there. Second week, 80 were there. 60, 50. And they, it is, what the hell, what's happened to these people? And they went back to, the, yeah, they went back to the Bowery and they found these same people back on the Bowery, like living on the sidewalk. And they said, hey, we gave you a bed. We gave you a luxury estate. Is there? A, why did you leave us behind? And the, they, to a person, said, "That's ah, boring." They were bored. 
Well, it wasn't interesting. This guy wasn't like that. This guy was a homeless, uh, homeless, uh, uh, for whatever bad circumstances, but he was going to try to, he, he, he wasn't like a drunk or a bum, which is what we used to call him in the old days. Somebody principally addicted to, to, the, to the grape, to vino. Now, this guy had said, look, I've had a bad skirt, uh, a, 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 bad, a bad run of luck, and I'm going to make the best of it. So what he did, he had a vehicle, took all of his things in his vehicle, and he, he went to the woods. And he goes, you know, I'm not sleeping in a very public place because I'm afraid of other humans, which is why, you know, homeless people will say, I'm going to sleep in a doorway because, you know, I know there's a guard in the building, whatever. He goes, I'm just going to, I'm blowing the whole program. I'm going to the woods. So he start, he goes out to the woods and uh, he parks his car down this culvert, you know, some fire trail where nobody, even if the forest rangers find his car, you know, they won't be able to find him that easily. And he's hiking down, so he parks his car in, in the brush. He's hiking down with his stuff. He's essentially building an encampment. And it's around uh, 540. So, and I, I'm not quite sure how dark it is. You know, the forest and the woods can be different. The mist and the wood can be different. But he's putting his stuff down, like the next to last trip, he's putting his stuff down and he gets this eerie sensation. An eerie sensation. Now, this is not political, gang. So you got to listen to this story. Now, there's no bed. And he kind of turns around. You know, like how sometimes you'll see stuff out of the corner of your eye? No, shadows. I, I've had it, like I've had it in the houses where I've had mice or rats. And you, and you see, did I see? And so he sees this. And what he sees is somebody peering at him from behind the tree. But he realizes the normal markers of what would constitute somebody. Like if I was hiding behind a tree and you happen to say, oh, my God, there's Eugene hiding behind a tree. You would see a shirt. You know, you might see some tattoos. You would see this was more a suggestion of a person. A suggestion. If you want to know what it, what it looked like, uh, the, as, a guy, uh, as a guy described it, he said it looked like a... Um, uh, a heat, a heat map, a heat map version of a human. You know, if you had like an infrared camera where you could see heat, you know, goggles or something, that's what it looked like behind the tree. And he didn't freak out because he knew, like, okay, look. So he kind of puts his stuff down. He says hello, no response, and then you know he he. He gets, he kind of moves around the corner of the tree and he sees, and the thing is regarding him. It's humanoid. It, it clearly has a head, you know, thin neck, body, arms, two arms, but it, but it, it's, it, it was more notable for him because of, its, of what he could feel from it. And it was regarding him. The intent was not hostile. Just looking, the way I might look at that mouse that ran across the floor. And he said, hey, and tur turned around and turned back, gone. And he's like, look, I know what you people think about homeless people and drugs and alcohol, but, uh, ah, man, sorry. Is, is the sound, is this, how, how is the sound now? Is it still bad? I'm going to turn it up.
it should be good. Sound is totally fine. Okay. <laughs> Dang, you mess it with my head, bro. Um, so, um, so if you go back to some of the old shows, when I talk about, um, uh, I got the new sister. I got the Orby. Don't tell me that. It's depressing. Me. I'm going to go back and punch somebody in the face at, at the, where did I get this thing? At Best Buy. So, um, so you remember that we're discussing the super consciousness where after you pass this physical life form, when you die, it's like it, it, you, you'll have as much memory for this body as you do for the, like whatever you wore on Wednesday. I'm sure most of you remember Wednesday. Uh, with great clarity, you could give me several different things that happened to you on Wednesday. But if I asked you, well, what did you wear on Wednesday? <laughs> okay, good. What, what did you wear on Wednesday? I, I don't know. Even with COVID, where my, I'm not wearing the suits every day because I'm going to the office and working from home. I don't I remember what I'm wearing on Wednesday. So I, I, I think I think I don't know if you've ever taken a lot of LSD, but you you know there's a sensation where you take LSD. Where at first you go, I don't know if this is really working. Ah, the guy sold me garbage. Ah, ah, you know it's all right. That's all right. I got best stuff to do with my night. You know I didn't want us to be up for 18 hours. <laughs> and then and then you're in. <laughs> don't take it yet. And then you're in. And then you're in for 18 hours. So my theory was like that in the super consciousness, because energy, laws of thermodynamics, energy can't be created or destroyed. We're all just kind of floating out there. Choose to have bodies. It's like the e-ticket ride. Yeah, you know, this the consciousness that exists in this body, which is floating around. I don't know how it's chosen. Clearly, every single religious system has, you know, nirvana, this idea of the rising, advancing of the spirit, that somehow you get a better ticket each time you get a ticket. But there's always this, this up, this, this thing, this down, and this disembodied thing that this guy saw behind the tree in the woods through the mist. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what happens? And, and I see, you know, when I look, look at my, my new daughter and think about, okay, super consciousness. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably. So, uh, and so physically, what, what was created was her body. A mother and I created her body. But somehow the consciousness that was floating out there, it's like a lottery or somehow so the way roll a dice decides to inhabit. And it could be it could be like bunk LSD that maybe it doesn't work. Maybe the consciousness goes somewhere else, behind a tree, from a homeless guy. Maybe it ends up in me, maybe it ends up in you, it ends up in an infant. But when they talk about when Descartes talks about a priori knowledge, like if you couldn't rely on your eyes, if you couldn't rely on your ears, you couldn't do it. What would you know? Well, in the womb, what did she know? She knew I and she knew thou. She knew that there was something out outside. Yeah, who knows? I'm not, I'm not, I have no claim. I have no claim on whether this guy was making any sense at all. No claim at all. So, so, you know, it, um, 
So, so oh, I lost it. I lost it. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, all right. So uh, I got sidetracked thinking about the guy, guy in the woods. So, um, because so, I don't, you know, it could have been. I make no claim for the veracity of his claim, except as a jump point to begin thinking about the super consciousness. She knows that there's an I. She knows that there's a vow. You know, Descartes talks about number systems. If there's me and there's you, there's at least one and there's two. I can figure out. I can figure out numbers. I, I, I can. I can to a certain degree figure out numbers. I can hear things. So my universe has a, an oral dimension, right? Um, and I start building a framework, a material framework, a framework of things that could be measured, weighed, and in total considered. This is the life on the on 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 this you know, on this consciousness plus realm. So, so when I see, when I see clearly, when I see that the world is going, going to hell in a handbasket and people say, as they have to me, Eugene, you usually seem so anxiety ridden and you seem so, uh, you know, but you seem really weird. There's a weird calm around you now. And I think of the Dylan song as covered by Nick Cave. You know, your death is not the end. I don't make any claims for knowing what happens after. But I understand what this guy knew when he saw this thing behind the tree. That consciousness is a perfectly comfortable place to be if you're comfortable with your consciousness. Which is why an unexamined life, not worth living, work on that. Even Jan, the deaf cat. <laughs> work on it. So when I see a fight like like um, like uh, Edgar Munoz, which I didn't watch live, actually I did watch it live, but I didn't post up in front of the show because on a on a twelve fight card, I think it was twelve fights. I only cared about three: Abraham and Strauss, OSP, always something. <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. OSP pulled out. He was one of the fights I cared about. That means I had two. Well, actually, no. I, I refused to care about OSP because for OSP, OSB. Guy get, needs to get the hell out of there. But he's got COVID. I don't want to be hard on the guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. De Blasio. Has there been, I don't think in my time as a New Yorker, I've seen a less effective, more ineffective mayor ever. And my consciousness of mayors goes back to John Lindsay. So John Lindsay, uh, yeah, we call them winos too. John Lindsay, Abe Bean, uh, who am I missing in there? Um, uh, Dinkins, uh, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, but the Rodriguez thing, they, they mixed up, they switched fighters with somebody else was missing. But the the Blasio's a clown. He's a clown, and I can't find anybody. Rank and file don't like him. I I, I don't know why. Outside of the fact that he had, he wove together a certain number of constituencies that made sense, like you know, an Italian guy married to a black chick, and but a bing, but a bang. Okay, so but my God, man. okay, hold on, what's happening here? Oh, uh, Victor only only text me when there's something wrong with the show. Okay, thank you. He says, yes, we can hear you. All right, thanks, thanks, thanks. I was worried. So, uh, um, so uh, I say I'm going to go walking with the wife and the kid. I'm not going to post up with it. I too care if I can't do this every weekend. I can't do this. 
I can't just because what they're doing in, in a very weird way um, is just taking anybody. How many guys one day's notice? One day's notice. A guy beat the guy for the black cat with the from Guam who beat the guy, uh, 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 the Dagestani guy. After getting pasted the first round, they came back heavy-handed in the second round to a loss, and the guy was like wrestling the ref. So I watched that stuff post facto, but I, we finally get back from the walk. I go in the bathroom. I start shaving. I, I wonder where we are in the fight. Turn the fight on. Put put the camera up. So I'm shaving as I'm you know I'm shaving as I'm watching the fight. Uh, Giuliani, Giuliani. Thank you, Giuliani. So it was John Lindsay, Abe Bean. Uh, I'm man. I'm missing somebody between Bean and. And and, and 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 Dinkins, it was somebody who else? I'm not, I, there was one other that I'm missing. And after Giuliani, Bloomberg for three, and then uh, and then De Blasio, Koch. How how wow 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 wow! How could I forget Koch? Boy, he's rolling in his grave, rolling in his grave. Of course, Koch. I I don't I do not know I do not know of anybody. Anybody in my memory. So that's Lindsey, Bean, Koch, Giuliani, Dinkins, uh, Bloomberg, uh, uh, and the, uh, seven, seven, eight mayors. That's, and I don't know anybody who's been. In fact, in, in terms of national politics, I don't know of any, any mayor that's been as ineffective as, as de Blasio. It's terrible. Terrible. No support. No support from anybody. He has, if it's like, if, if, if de Blasio stands with me, who'll be against me, everybody? Yeah, Lindsay was no good. But Lindsay was a nice guy. Well, I don't see LaGuardia kind of, uh, I was born in 1962, so I don't know. So anyway, so, so look, I'm watching the fight. I'm shaving Edgar Munoz. And I'm like, you see, Munoz didn't realize that there were warning signs. On the Care Don't Care preview today, I gave the Cecil, Cecil Peoples Award to Sal D'Amato. It's now, yeah, yeah, uh, I would hope. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yang, it's about time. New York hasn't had an Asian mayor, as far as I remember. <laughs> he, he would kill the Blasio. But I don't think the Blasio is thinking about running yet. But anyway, back to the fight game. So, um, so, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sidecar, he's doing your policy, uh, political discussions. So um, he was fighting like a guy, um, Munoz was fighting like a guy who believed that he was going to get a fair shake because he didn't see what I saw, and that's the Cecil Peoples Award going to Sal D'Amato. That's a judge. When I see his name is on the card, I go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because it means anything could happen. He could be having a vision quest in the middle of the fight, and you don't know what he's looking at. You don't know what's going through his head, what he's thinking, where he is, how it's working. You don't understand it, and you don't know why it is as it is. Sal D'Amato watched that fight. I don't, I don't know what body part he was watching it with. There may be something hiding out in the woods behind trees that somehow doesn't need physical eyeballs to see things that he is that he's communed with, I don't know. But I, I'm a Frank, I'm a Frankie Edgar booster, you know. My it's a friend of Knuckle Up, the Harley Flanagan, is trained with the guy. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, Jersey. I got lots of reasons to like him. 
But I think the sell-by date, we're way past it. And when you start hearing words, the key commentator words that you hear again and again and again and again, yeah, exactly. So these people are watching different fights, clearly. But when they say tough, he's tough. He's got a good chin. That means dude's getting fucked up. He's not losing, but he's not winning. Um, no, <laughs> John Nash did not agree with the decision. We all we all picked Munoz to win, and we all feel largely not that it was a robbery, that it was very close. But once again, they reached down to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory because the judges, with a scoring like, with, with the, who, I, I just understand it. I, I, don't, I don't understand how a guy could win four rounds and lose the fight. Is there an electoral college involved? Is 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 it something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what I said, what I said is, I said, look, this is the jungle speaking, and and, and I don't think Nash and Steph really understood what the hell I was talking about because that means they don't watch this show. But uh, you know, it's like Colonel Kurtz. Even the jungle wanted him dead. In this instance, it is fairly clear to me that based on the packages that were done, that even the jungle wants wants a solvent Edgar. They want him in the game. They, because why? Why do you think? He's a name. He pulls eyes and interest. And he's a name on the wane. A name on the wane is imminently open to taking any old thing you might give him. Now, the bald one says recently, he says, hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to start pulling more people in from the Contender Series. So you're going to have to make room at the top. You guys got to fight. What this means is I'm going to start pulling in some cats who are willing to fight six and six, 12 grand. Don't like it? Oh, well. So it, we all know in, in, our, in our fantasy MMA leagues, we're sitting that the game is better off fundamentally having Frankie Edgar there. I picked Pedro Munoz. The guy's got no constituency backing him. I'm not saying he's a de Blasio who is actively and aggressively hated, but you can't fight like two equal, two, two equal competitors went into that cage. Do not believe that for a second. If you believe it for a second, you end up where you are now. Yes, you got the $50,000 performance thing, but you still also got the L. And the second one, oh, yeah, there is a major purge coming up. Not because they need to. Mind you, not because they need to, but because they can. And you know when that purge is going to come? I say after the Republican National Convention. Oh, usually don't go down the political road. Doesn't listen. The bald one is speaking at the convention. Now, you remember last time, the last convention when he came out, and he was like, all right, wherever the thing was, Oklahoma, and nobody, all these old people didn't know who the hell he was. And it'll happen again. They won't really know who he is again. But that's not after being there last time and then what transpired four years later. <laughs> um, exactly. Long knives. He, he, this sets him up to do certain things that uh, and he's got a short time to do it. There's a Republican National Convention and there's the election. He has no idea which way the election is going to go like anybody else in America. People say they do. Even my October surprise is not about an eventual actual end 
It's just about a shenanigan, which I'm not talking about except when it happens or after October, when it doesn't happen, I can tell you what it was that I was told. So it'll happen after this next week, but before the election. Because why? Because periodically, like Stalin, you got you to set the fear of God in the people. You want to complain about money? Hmm. Let's see. What's better, $12,000 a fight or zero a fight? What do you think Paige Van Sant got a million dollars for real at Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship? I asked, I asked Nash about that. I asked him about that. You know what he said? He goes, well, she's getting paid for other things. And I go, what do you mean, other things? Yeah, I'm shocked, man. I, 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 was, I, was, I said, what do you mean, other things? They said the biggest fight that they had, Bare Knuckle, was Artem Lobov. Steps in uh, Artem Lobov and Paulie uh, Malinagi. They got Malinagi got $350,000 for that fight. You know how many tickets they, how many pay per view the sales they had on that one? 18000 So, where are they getting the millions to pay Paige Van Sant for fighting? It's not. She's going to now be the spokesperson for the brand. Maybe it's a good investment. Cash out of the stock market. I wouldn't do that. Listen, I'll give you guys a stock tip. I don't know if you're, any of you are playing the stock market. And it's not even a big secret tip because if you've been paying attention to Financial Times, you'll see it's right there for anybody to see. But at the end of the month, actually, I think well, I think it's tomorrow, uh, Apple is giving you a four-to-one stock split. Apple stock price is four ninety-seven at last count, which means it doesn't mean you get more. Don't get, don't get confused about the stock split. But it means if you can only afford one, well, hold on a second. If you can only afford one at $497, let us just call it $500. So you buy one share at $500. That means by September 1st, they would give you three for that one share. You go usually, but that is, this is the same thing. You just took my $500 one share and divided it, it's a four, four, divided it by four. I don't have more than $500 of Apple stock. I just have four shares of Apple stock for $500. Right. That's right. But why do they lower the stock price? Why do they do splits at all? Because they want to make the stock more attractive for a wider variety of investors. And what typically happens after this stock has been trading at $497, $500, suddenly goes to $97, people go in. So if you have $500, you can buy that share of stock tomorrow. Yes, Tesla is splitting as well, but I don't trust, uh, I don't trust Musk, so I can't, I can't get in on that. So you buy your one share tomorrow, invest your $500. By September 1st, they've given you four shares. Yes, it's four shares, but the same amount, your dollar amount, if you sell them all, you still will probably only get $500. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. Not suicidal. Not at all. Uh, I could tell you a story about a guy, but I, I think he listens to the show and a bad turn of events. Don't turn your back on the stock market. You're making a big mistake. But don't be a day trader. That's another big mistake. Sit in there. Let it ride. It's in the bank or stock. That's it. No other place. So that means that you would have four at 97. Put it in there. Forget about it. Just like Bitcoin. Put it in there. You forget about it until you need it. 
by when when the iPhone 12 goes nuts end of the year, maybe that stock that was not that you got for 97 is now worth 200. But you have four shares that are now worth 200 apiece. Two, four, six, eight. So your 500 dollars is now 800 dollars in how many months? Yep. Gold and silver, gold is heavy and it's hide the hard. It's hard to hide. <laughs> so, but 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 anyway, look, we, we got we, we gotten off track. <laughs> we got off track. There's gonna be a there's gonna be a UFC purge, my feeling. Um, but they will not purge guys like uh, like Edgar. The fight was a split that he is a split decision win. Okay, Frankie has got until Wednesday to talk as crazy as he wants. And he was talking plenty crazy. He's like, I'm putting everybody on those. I'm coming, boy. I'm coming. I'm coming. You're coming for nothing. You've got very serious people in that weight class. And you're going to get gone. You're going to get hurt, bro. You're going to get hurt. And, you know, fundamentally, I think, I think, no, nah, I don't think the Munoz yet, he's a threat, but they'll, they'll, they're they're not out to they figured out that losing beautifully redounds to a better bottom line than um, than than winning um, than winning ugly right as evidenced by the fact that Curtis Blades Corey Anderson you know these guys are. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Exactly. That's a young man's weight class. Oh man! Hey, hey! You guys finished playing yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Paid complainers get purged first, and then um, pretty, and then the sins of the father get visited upon the son. If your team is a questionable team, um, but um, now nah, there's a, there, there's going to be a, a, a massive realignment. One because I think we said you know Ultimate Fighter TV show. It was a great way to start a farm league, minor league, to get fighters into the UFC, and they needed something else. The contender series gets them out of the house, you know, create, creates an excuse like that hotel that I was telling you about. It used to be Casa Olga, owned by a Silicon Valley executive, who pretty much good authority. One of his doorman, his father is a friend of mine, says, "Yeah, he's like, of course he keeps a hotel. That's where he. That's like his." Uh, his jizz pad. Now, I'm not going to mention the guy's name. We don't need to go into that. But Frankie's got a family. He's got kids. It's a job. You got to do a job. He's going to get hurt. And people who are complaining about slow stoppages, I don't talk a lot about Bellator on this show, but the Ryan Bader, who's a friend of Knuckle Up, that was a slow stoppage, man. And I've been defending Herb Dean about the slow stoppages, but I haven't heard anybody talk about Bader. That was a beating from pillar to post. That was a, I don't. I think the guy, the John Nash said best. He goes, I, I think the guy was waiting for the ambulance to show up because he wasn't. He wasn't stopping a fight. Man, that guy was was a guy. My friend AC from Crime Faces said he was on linguini legs, fettuccine feet. I don't know what he was waiting for. That guy's not getting back up. No way. And then, of course, they had this horrible new feature of uh, the family viewing cam. So you could see his family all without masks, all jammed into some tiny space, breathing each other's spittle, watching their son get roasted. 
Death is not the end. Death is not the end. But in some ways, like, you know, Hogan was talking about how, you know, this is, we're hurtling, we're, we're on the rock hurtling through space at like a million miles an hour. You know, death is a welcome respite. It, 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 it gets you out of a car that's about to crash. It just depends on that suit of clothes that you were wearing on Wednesday. What is the nature of your consciousness? If, if it means walk, hiding around, peeking around trees, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, John, 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 you know, you know, I, li I like, he's a friend to knuckle up, Ryan Bader, and I like the guy, and he was talking reckless. And sometimes when you talk reckless, that kind of shit happens. And, of course, there's an older guy. You know, I was rooting for him, but I just, no, 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 no. You got put up against the killer. So, Edgar, he'll, he'll probably be talking crazy after Wednesday. He would reject the notion that that the motto or anybody else, that the jungle has, has it, sees it in our collective interest to have him win that fight. But he's got no easy fights in front of him. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's got no easy fights in front of him. OSP, why is he still fighting? Why? How is it that he is still fighting? I guess because he looks good in the walk-in and doesn't ask for money and will fight anybody. I don't know. I, my days of wanting to see him fight are were, were over two years ago. There, there are talks about bringing Rumble back, and just as quickly, it talks about, hey, are they going to deal with his domestic abuse issues? His DA issues? Is that something that somebody's going to deal with at some point or another? Yep. Yeah, he can't figure out what he's going to do. The best thing that, that Johnny Bonigioni did was to was to leave, was to leave. he he pulled an Achilles. I don't mean he pulled an Achilles tendon. He pulled an Achilles like when Achilles. Uh, Achilles got pissed off because he wasn't getting his proper tribute. He goes, I'm going to sit out the next couple of battles. Hey, we're getting slaughtered out there, Achilles. That, uh, that's too bad. That's too bad that you're getting slaughtered out there. That's terrible, isn't it? It's terrible when your efforts are for naught. Mm? Yeah, try and try as you might, and you can't, you know. So, uh, <laughs> Johnny Boney Jr. said goodbye to Light Heavy. Yeah, we'll leave the tent. Screw you guys. And now suddenly, you don't read too much about Reyes. What you do read about Reyes is that he's complaining about the amount of time he has to get ready to fight for the belt. Hmm. So without the mega wattage of a Johnny Boney Joni shining down in your division, if you want it, you got it, baby. Carry that, carry that weight. Hmm? <laughs> you got to sell tickets. You got to sell tickets. You better hope that Rumble comes to fight at light heavy. You better hope he does. And how he's making this weight cut in well into his 30s, I don't know. If you saw those pictures of him as a, with his weight lifting, I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know. Ah, he's not going to go heavyweight. I, I, I mean... That's a big money fight at some point, but it's a big money fight that, remember what the, my spy said? Remember what my spy said? Fundamentally, knowing what he knew about Johnny Boney Joni's fight team, he said, 
Johnny Boney Joni is not fighting fights that he can lose. The ones that he came closest to losing were the ones he didn't take seriously. Clowning on Gustafson, didn't think Gustafson would have it in him. He came out ready for Gustafson the second time, but the first time he, he was in that Mike Tyson phase. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I train, whatever that guy's not kind of not realizing that when they're fighting him, they're fighting for the whole bag of marbles. Yep. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. If, if, Greg, if Greg Hardy is it, I would love that. I would love Rumble against Hardy. <laughs> the abuser's battle. That I would watch. I would up that because then we know what we're there for. Rumble comes into the cage and goes, did you, did you clean that? Did, didn't I ask you earlier to clean that? And Greg Hardy's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, why don't you just listen to me for a second? You just want you to just listen to me for a second. <laughs> and then Rumble goes, listen to you. I've been doing nothing but listening to you. I asked you to do one little thing, and it has to come here, come here. And then they wave in the fight, and that's how, that's how you start the d- domestic abuser championship. <laughs> no, yeah. Go make me a sandwich. Oh, you're busy. <laughs> and Greg, they just start. They don't they start slapping and they start using kitchen implements. Keep in mind, I used to train, I used to train in the same place with Rumble. Wouldn't talk to me. Wouldn't acknowledge me. He knew that I was a member of the press. What is this? Salad? Mm. Rabbit food? Mm. I look like a rabbit to you? <laughs> I mean, anything. Greg Hardy, Rumble, book it, Baldwin, book it. So he left. He left the tent. I'm going to go to heavyweight. Good luck. So Reyes now is suddenly like a man without a country. We're going to push back on. I can't, you know what? I'm paying attention, and for the life of me, right now, I can't remember the cat who he's fighting. What's his name? Jan? What's his last name? It's the Polish cat? What's his name? I can't remember. That's, that's what Johnny Boney Johnny left behind. Oh, no. That's what he left behind. And, and you know, um, yeah, 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 Jan, Jan uh, yeah, Blachowicz. Heavyweight is a game now because, you know, and, and believe me, believe me, I don't think I don't think that whatever happens, I don't I don't think Johnny Boney Jr.'s interest is in getting in the belt for the belt's sake. I think Johnny Bonnie, Johnny Boney Jr.'s uh, uh, interest, <laughs> uh, interest is in is in taking it to D.C., and that's if you like with Benny Hill. If you didn't, when I was a kid and watched Benny Hill, if I couldn't figure out what the joke was, I just automatically assumed it's got something to do with sex. Exactly. Francis doesn't get him anything. So what happens is Francis goes against Stipe. If Francis beats Stipe, Johnny Boney Joni asks for a warm up. And he focuses on, you know, those big guys, I got to get ready. And at that point, Stipe is ready. Stipe is 
is ready. At this point, he's like, I don't want any more guys like Francis, Derek, the Black Beast, Lewis. I, I need a break. Him, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, he's talking a good game. I could take him. The guy's got nothing standing up. Got no stand-up. I can take him. Big payday. And it's one of my last few. Cool. I'm taking it. Stipe against Johnny Boney Joni. Money. (laughs) Okay, that's if Francis wins. If Francis loses, Johnny Boney Joni goes, screw it. I go straight for the belt. Because the objective is twofold. The objective is, well, actually it's onefold. It's to continue torturing D.C. And he said nice things in D.C.'s retirement. But I, I, I've been in that position. I know you can't avoid it. You know, if you're a revenge guy, if you're a grudge-holding revenge guy, you will lay in wait. I've been laying in wait for some people. There's a guy who I've been laying in wait for since 1974. Over an amount of money that would shock you to hear. Less than a dollar. Because I know someday... I'm going to see Kenny again. Kenny, also known as Rudolph. I don't, he suddenly decided one day, don't call me Kenny anymore, call me Rudolph. And I'm going to find Rudolph. For that less than a dollar. It's not the money. That's not the, it's not, it's not even the principle <laughs> at this point. It's just the insanity. So he can say nice things about DC leaving the game and yeah, but this is he's not done with him yet. He's not done with him yet. Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, but why? Why? You know why? Because he rubbed him the wrong way. If you you know, you notice that everybody this we're in the age of a not the age of Aquarius, age of aggrievement. And all of these fighters that fundamentally, you know, um, I was fighting this guy uh, back when uh, I was doing MMA. And the guy is talking to me during the fight. He's like, yeah, I know you're tight. I know you're tight. <laughs> I dealt with bullies like you my whole life. And suddenly it ta- dawned on me in the middle of this fight, this guy is not even talking to me. He's not even talking about me. He's 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 fighting some 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 mystical golem of his past. So whenever you hear Israel Adesanya, yeah, you want to chump me out, or Sean O'Malley, yeah, you want to, yeah, man, you guys, just think of how more effective you could be if it wasn't amorphous but directed and focused, like Johnny Boney Joni or me and Rudolph. Actually, Johnny Boy, you've got a better claim to sanity than I do with the Rudolph thing. I really like Rudolph, too. But you got to pay me what you owe me, man, or I'll pay you what you owe me. And so there are a lot of, I mean, interestingly enough, though I've been talking doom and gloom, uh, before I forget, is anybody who watches this, watch this show, is anybody who's watching, anybody within the sound of my voice or my visual image, Living in Spain now. If so, DM me. Anyway. Uh, but Frankie, I, I feel sad for where he is, but at least he is where he is in a place that will continue offering him paychecks 
through the end of 2020, possibly 2021, and he will have to earn every single penny of it. And it won't redound to his long-term benefit or health. But I'm glad to see him in there. I don't say that I'm glad that he won because I don't think he did win, but I'm glad that I get to see him fighting again. Of course, who, who he'll be fighting again will be somebody who will make his life immeasurably difficult. Other fights on the card, there are a lot of uh, people whose names I didn't know. One the cat, the, the uh, guy from Guam, the black cat from Guam who won the second round, he said, if you heard him right after the fight, one day, one day. He didn't mean one day. <laughs> no, no, no. He spelled it differently. He spelled it, uh, the PH, like the Rudolph. He's one day, one day. What's he talking about one day? He got one day's notice. One day's notice. This, you know, how reckless can you get? Exactly, baby. Genghis has got it right. <laughs> He's got it right, that moment. Because look at the moment that fired up D.C. when he was at the Olympics and he goes over to a basketball player who will remain unnamed, asks for the guy's autograph, and the guy just doesn't, he doesn't even exist. And I'd like to say that I'm grievance. I like to say that uh, 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 the, the, the age of, uh, of the aggrieved, that I'm outside of it, but I remember there's a guy named Vaughn. I don't remember his last name. You could look him, you could look him up. He played football at Stanford probably 83, 84. Maybe Vaughn Williams was his name. And he used to, I used to work out in the varsity weight room when I first got to Stanford. Uh, you know, I played rugby just so I could work out in the varsity weight room. But I came straight from Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, to the varsity weight room. So I was used to life at the Olympia gym. That's what I was used to. So I'm talking to this guy. Seems like a nice enough guy. Black cat, a few years older than me. Newspaper. One day I pick up the newspaper. I see there's an article about Vaughn. So the next day we're in the gym lifting weights, bullshitting. After class, say, hey, man, I saw you in the paper. And he gets this weird look on his face. Like, what, I see something wrong? Yeah, well, next day I see him at the gym. I say, hey, man, and he shines me. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a Brooklyn guy. What, do I, what am I, what, I don't know. What, am I not supposed to acknowledge that? I'm not supposed to acknowledge it. I see the guy in the paper. I'm supposed to act like I've been there before. All right? So the guy stopped talking to me. All right? He gets out of Stanford. I think he goes to play for the New York Jets, or Giants, or something like that. Doesn't it play a single live game? Gets in, thrown out immediately. Whatever things go, they don't go as well for him as they might. I'm in the Menlo Park, California Safeway. I turn the corner with my cart, and at the end of the aisle, who do I see but Vaughn? I'm pushing my cart down. And I see Vaughn as he gets closer. First, he cues in that I'm a black guy because he's, he's black as well. And he's, oh, then he recognized me. Well, because, of course, in the interim, I became the guy in Whipping Boy. I was, my guitar player was a, a, a hotshot football player at Stanford as well, Steve Ballinger. So he knew, at that point, he knew who I was. I wasn't just some guy in the gym in dirty sweat clothes. I didn't care. This was after Stanford. This is like 1986, 87. And our carts get even with each other. And he's like, got this desperate, eager look of desire for recognition. He's like, hey. and I look at him and I go, 
and just keep on fucking going. <laughs> so I'm no stranger to grievance, but I don't talk about it publicly except when I talk about it publicly. <laughs> but I'm not using that as something to drive performance in the future. Though I have, though I have said, though I have said that the only reason I kept doing music as long as I did, I would do it until I did it better than my enemies. A focused grievance, but this is something other than what Johnny Johnny Boney Joni has defeated this guy twice. What was it about DC that stuck? You know what it is? I'll tell you exactly what it is. If if you read, go to Ozzy.com, Ozy.com, and in a little search thing, type in "misery in Minsk." And I interviewed all these people in Belarus who are being, you know, some CEO of some company. Says, oh, wow, it seems to be after the election, seems to be a big upset here. And he's like, see some guy standing around a vehicle. He goes, hey, uh, the cab stand that was here, you know, the cab stand that was here, did they move it? And the guy goes, yeah, 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 come on, come on over. I'll show you where the cab stand is. Yeah, man. Nah, nah, nah. You don't talk to dudes with guns. You don't talk to dudes with uniforms and guns. You don't talk to groups of dudes, period. Just keep on keeping on. So he goes over. They take him to the uh, Ascatina prison and beat him savagely for 48 days. Shocked. I'm CEO of a company. I was walking home from work. And so I interview these people, and this girl is talking, and she, again, Completely innocent, asking somebody for something, got pulled in, and they all detailed being tortured by the state security people, like these federal agents that showed up in Portland. And one thing, we go back to Nazi Germany, one thing that I'm always obsessed with and focused on is that these guys have done the, cal- the Billy Bathgate calculation. Remember, Bruce Willis, is, he's got his legs in buckets of concrete, and Dustin Hoffman is talking to him, and he says, yeah, well, yeah, I might be a piece of shit, but uh, hey, tell me, let me tell you, let me ask you a question. If given the choice between being where you are right now and being where I am, where would you rather be? And that's what people don't, they never talk about when they talk about Nazi Germany or when they talk about, you know, the killing fields in Cambodia. We've 2,000 years in this Judeo-Christian ideal of turning the other cheek. But you know who doesn't feel good in that engagement? That guy who turned his cheek. He feels good in a generalized, generalized psychological way. Maybe he feels like he's achieved something more, more significant and better. He sacrificed himself for his fellow man. He's risen above the animal. They went low, he went high. That's the guy that got crucified. Barabbas, the murdering, raping killer, who they had the choice. He was set free to continue murdering and raping. These guys enjoy it because they've done the calculation in an animal sense. If I have to have my head stove in with an AK-47 or be the guy stoving in the head with an AK-47, it's pretty clear but I think I'd enjoy being the guy stoving in the head more than the guy who's having his head stoven. In fact, these guys respond with animal glee to that because, man, the worst that the worst the damage is that they do 
the greater the sense of elation that is not being done to them. And that's what I think drives Johnny Boy Jones. Because fundamentally, the way he looked at it, this guy's been throwing shade, baseless shade at him for no reason. The Olympics is not MMA. MMA is not the Olympics. What would lead you to believe that this would not be a fair contest? You don't know me. You don't know what I'm capable of. And then when I had my moments of doubt and shame, when you could have just kept your mouth shut, you walked across the room and you gave me hell. That was uncalled for. It was unnecessary. Why? Because I beat you? That's the name of the game. You had a 50% chance of being beaten, just like you did against Stipe. So Johnny Boney Johnny goes in, he beats Stipe. And then at that point, he doesn't care. Yep. He doesn't care. Maybe he spends three months trying to lure DC out of retirement again. Come on, finish the trilogy. You gave Stipe the trilogy. Why not give me the trilogy? But understandably, we are watching at this point MMA, or specifically Johnny Bonagioni in MMA, for that moment that he loses. Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Some of the worst bullies are, of course, people who are bullied. So, uh, you know, I, 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 everything that happened this past weekend... Happened as it should have, if you're the jungle. Frankie Edgar stays solvent. Johnny Boney Joni is getting his money concerns taken care of. And I don't even really feel necessarily bad that all this us, us, we, we, us guys, we, fighters should be sticking together. I don't even feel necessarily upset that it was never about that. And that once these cats actually get their money, that they're they're off to the races. It's like, I got mine, you get yours, I can't help you. I think they're sneaking suspicions of the past week. I think Sean O'Malley, if he but blench, we know our course. For sure, he's got to fight. He's got to fight, do it again. And that's got to be his first fight back. The guy's not very good. He's celebrating. I got... You know, I screwed up my leg. Da, da, da. I didn't really need the stretcher. What is Asker giving me a hard time about the stretcher? Hey, let me do a dance in my bathrobe. Take a look at my bathrobe dance. Hey, look, it's got weed on it. It's got marijuana leaves on it. I'm fine. Now, this could be a, a rope-a-dope. A ropey-dopey-okey-doke. But, you know, you want to get to 15? You want to get to a belt? You want to get to this moment? <laughs> you got to fight that guy again. You got to fight that guy again. And that's higher stakes than just any other fight you have. Because if you lose to him a second time, oh, whoa. You look down on that little piece of paper that they give you when you're in the Phantom Toll booth, and there will be more numbers on that paper than you've ever seen before. You necessarily, you didn't distinguish yourself as one of those guys asking for more money. You asked for a better competition, which means more money, and now you're going to get neither. You got to get beyond that guy or not. The UFC is not a fighter friendly organization. If you didn't know that now, you should know it now. 
Dobson. I wish I bet on Dobson. I wish I bet on Dobson. That was like a Joanna Yanjajic ass beating in in, in a different weight. She just uh, got that chick from Kazakhstan, and you know, and she's got the tattoos, and she's got the because she had the gauges in the ear that she had to tape up, and she's got the hair, and she's got the pizzazz, and and Dobson fucked you up. <laughs> yeah, that was a big sister. I wish I 800? 800? Who, who was setting those odds? Okay, Dobson had come off the two or three losses, but that was something. Me <laughs> do because uh, I was like, wait, I don't think I'm the fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This show will be recorded. June actually sent us a very nice baby present. It's a sculpture that's of some value. I had she said it's some value. You can check it out online. I purposely stayed away from figuring out what the value is because I'm one of those guys. Oh my god, this is a wonderful present. Sotheby's is listening it for four hundred dollars. Ah, too bad we can't keep it. <laughs> Cecil Peoples is judging the rematch. Exactly, man. Cecil Peoples, Sal D'Amato, and and Doug Crosby. Yeah, so, um, so the, I mean, the, the weird thing about Mist is everybody denies that they're in it. Because if you if you don't deny that you're in it, if you say, ah, there's the wood, there's the mist, and there's me, you're suddenly transported to another place. Self-awareness is, is, is the key to surviving any kind of wilderness expedition. Ask Genghis. He's a wilderness guy. You panic out in the woods, you're, you're dead. And be self-aware. Nobody, well, we give people a pass until Wednesday. After Wednesday, if the truth be told, I think somebody like Edgar is still going to be talking crazy. So next week, on the 29th, which is Saturday, we have a, I have another fight card. Uh, my man Robbie Lawler, friend of Knuckle Up, is fighting. And Alexander Rachich is fighting Anthony Smith. I can cheat, uh, care, don't care right now, and tell you I picked Rachich against Smith uh, because Rachich is a known associate. He's trained by Robert Pastouche, who's a, a Sorrell Academy family affiliate, associate. And he's hungry. And he's no home invader. Like the last guy that Anthony Smith fought. Lawler against Magni. Even if I didn't love Lawler so much, I'd pick Lawler over Magni. Magni just doesn't show up against big, big, big... It's something in his head. I don't know. Don't know. So that's two of the fights. And then two of the other fights, I, I don't even remember where I picked. Four fights. So that means that probably I won't be watching it live. Who knows? Maybe. As I said before, my birthday is on Friday. I knew that, and you didn't care. I'm just telling you now because I don't want you to mention it on uh, on uh, on Facebook because then I get ten thousand people saying who oh, I've never seen their happy birthday, and then it's like, okay, great, you shut down my page for a day. Lawler's great. I've talked on old shows about how great Lawler is to, to interview. I interviewed him not even on the phone, like on the phone. I interviewed Bader, DC. These were guys I interviewed on the phone. In person, 
Cain uh, Velasquez and and Lawler. Like hilarious, hilarious. So if if, if O'Malley's a stock, he's a wait and see. Johnny Bonigioni's a stock. He's a present buy. Steve Bay is a stock. He's a hold. And, uh, and, and, and if Edgar is a stock, he's a sell. Anyway, you made it to the end of 127. Not the most coherent show, but not the most coherent night of fights. I got sucked into New York City politics. That took me out of my game a bit. Monday afternoon. Oh, man. Yeah, Brian, I was wondering about you with the fires and stuff. Yeah, and you know what they say now? They say in California, the fire season now is now 11 months, given the change in climate, 11 months out of the year. I was talking to my kids about California. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. There are a lot of reasons not to stay in California. I do threat assessments. Yeah, walk the dog. I do threat assessments. And I use a State Department threat assessment list to determine where I'm going to be. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I was wondering about you with the fires. So Monday afternoon, care, don't care for next week. It's pushed out live. If you follow me on Twitter, at Twitter, Twitter at Eugene S. Robinson, you can see it there. Tuesday night, if the shoes fit. And then we have uh, the special for the extra dollar. We have the Let It Roll podcast. I don't know if they show them at the same time, but they show them later. But uh, we talk about Hip Hop Evolution Season 2, uh, Edition 3. That's Kid Nate and Alexi and I. Uh, God willing, we'll see you all next Sunday for, for version 128. Until then, look what you made me do. She's still sleeping. <laughs>